This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermeer, and today we are at episode 200. And I was thinking about what to do for the special episode and decided I would share with you some of my favorite tech tools for homeschooling. And I'm going to give you 12. But before we get there, I just want to point out to those of you who are perhaps newer here that we do have 200 episodes already recorded. If you join our uh, Facebook group, the Homeschooling with Technology community, you have to answer three questions to join the group. And one of those is, what would you like to know more about? And so often people, as they join, ask for an episode on something that we have already covered. So if you are fairly new here, I would suggest that you go to um, show sponsor Funder Funder Academy, because if you go there, they have a podcast tab. So it's fundafundacademy.com slash podcast if you're typing the URL in. And there you will find the list of all our episodes. So it's just listed, but you can easily scroll, you know, scan down and see which topics would be of interest to you. And then either find it in your podcast player or click through and you'll be able to listen online. I just want to highlight a couple of them, though, just to show you what you may have missed. First of all, way back in episode 22, I looked at techie alternatives to written reports. So yes, instead of always making your child write, how could you do this in a techie fashion? Episode 54, I covered homeschooling digital natives. Probably the majority of you listening to this are not a digital native. And if you don't know what the term means, or you don't know how this is going to affect you homeschooling, go and listen to that one. A number of people have said they found that very helpful. Moving on to episode 77. Virtual labs, did you know they were a thing? Uh, come and listen to uh, show sponsor Funder Fund Academy's chemistry teacher as she shares her favorite virtual labs for chemistry and biology and I've forgotten what, what all she actually talked about there now. Episode 97, profile of a successful online learner. If you are new to online classes this year and you're wondering how to make sure that your child will be successful, listen in to that one. Episode 130, uh, exploring media bias, something that's really important for us, our children to understand these days. Um, Randy Smith come and, comes and joins me on that one, and she has so many useful resources to share. I learned a lot from, that was one of the ones that I learned the most from. Episode 134 onwards, we had a summer series where I interviewed eight techie homeschool teens. So there were different teens and each of them had some techie hobby slash side hustle that they were doing. And it's really interesting to hear how they learned, um, what they found useful. And if you listen to them, you might find something that will resonate with your own teens. Episode 148, we looked at Google's free applied digital skills lessons. You may never have heard of them. Go and listen. I know at least one person who went away and got her child um, 
stuck in on using some of those lessons. And the last one I want to mention is episode 179, Free Tools for Researching Colleges and Universities. Again, this was one that I learned a lot. I thought I knew a lot of tools. I discovered there are just so many out there that I had no clue even existed. Most of the things that I cover are free. There are sometimes paid ones that I think uh, are worth you knowing about. Um, There are a lot of episodes about coding because I'm very passionate about that. So you can go back and find those. There are also a lot about specific topics like um, resources to teach geography or resources to teach science or the stock market. You know, sometimes it's fairly specific because I just happen to know of a lot of great resources for a specific topic so again go through there and have a look um, and see what you can use this school year now let me jump in to my 12 that I came up with when I thought about what do I use a lot and they will also be useful to you in your homeschool so the very first one I want to say is Canva Canva I use on an almost daily basis um, it began just as a graphics tool and I have, by the way, many of these that I'm going to refer to now, I actually have whole episodes on. So I think there's two on Canva and it, and then I have mentioned all of these somewhere or other throughout the years, um, but I'm just going to like kind of put them all together here. But now Canva can do things like slideshows. In fact, just yesterday I had to quickly prepare a slideshow and I... Um, Actually, I didn't use Canva for that one, but I did use Canva for the graphics that I was promoting the business. I'll tell you just now what I used for the actual slideshow. But I, I use Canva to make quick graphics, and I'm not good at graphics, so mine don't look amazing. But you can use them for slideshows. You can use them to create videos. Um, you can make GIFs from them. You can create comic strips. There are just so many things that you can do, and they keep on expanding um, to more and more options. So that's definitely one that you want to get stuck into. Then um, there is iCivics. Now, this is just the only game that I'm actually going to mention here. I love online games. But iCivics just has so many different uh, civics related. So it's government, um, citizenship type of games. But they are really well thought out. And they are both fun games to play. But they really teach the content as well. So I like to use them in Funder Funder's uh, government class. Also our unit study, electing a president. I use some of them in there. But you could just go and add them um, to any curriculum that you're using. Third one I want to mention you'll know about, but it's Google Docs. And if you're not already using this with your children, you really should, because especially as they're getting older and they're writing papers, this is the easiest way for them to share what they've done with you and for you to actually make comments on it and let them then go and edit it again. And then you come back because, you know, you can actually, unless you standing, you know, get them to stand next to you, but often, you know, you'll be going through their work when they're sleeping or at sports or whatever and this way you can actually make notes and they can see what you're telling them to change and then they can just go back in there and change it so it's just an easy way to work with your child Trello um, is for organization. Uh, we use this when we're coaching our Science Olympia team and the fellow, my fellow coaches and I do but you can use this in your homeschool to actually create to-do lists. You can see immediately what your child has done or not done. Um, you can use it both on a laptop and also on a device as your children are getting older. They can actually have the app on their phones and as they actually work through things, whether it's chores or whether it's their schoolwork, they can check them off. And it's, it's very easy for you to reorganize to so decide to move something from one week to the next. Uh, I do have whole episodes on that and it's, it's just an amazing tool. 
and there are, um, and it's it, as a paid version, I've never used anything beyond the free. Vocabulary.com is a great way for your child to learn vocabulary. Uh, the online version is free. I think the app is paid, but it's only sort of $2, I think. And it's sort of gamified and it will show them repeatedly words that they're struggling with. So it's it's something that I use in my writing mechanics class um, and it's something that you can incorporate into your English classes. Grammarly is probably something you know about. If you don't, well, install it right now. I, I, I use Chrome and it has a Chrome extension so that every time I write anything that has a grammatical error in it, it underlines it in red, so spelling and grammar. And it will do it across um, your emails, uh, just even these show notes um, that I make that go along in the show notes, by the way. You can find all these at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. I will be linking to the main episodes that I mentioned, and I will just be linking to um, the actual tools. As I said, there are actually episodes that deal with many of these tools. Those you just need to find, look up, because that's more effort than I have time to do, I'm afraid. Um, but Grammarly is something that your children should just learn to use. There is a paid version that I believe is worth the money, but I haven't paid for it yet. Uh, I just use the free one and it really catches so many errors and your children should learn to never submit anything to you or to anybody else unless they've uh, checked it with Grammarly. Flippity is a tool that you can create games that your children can use. They have a lot of different options. Um, they are very easy. You just basically create a spreadsheet or sometimes just a list and you can turn those into hangman style games. They've even got a little board game generator, um, matchup cards. When I'm creating particularly say unit studies and I can't find something fun that I'm wanting, Flippity is the place I'll go to because it will only take me maybe 15 or 20 minutes to create a quick little game that is specifically on what the topic I'm doing. So, you know, if you're wanting a way for your child to practice something, uh, obviously this is going to be mainly middle and um, an elementary school, go and have a look because it's not hard to use and it won't take you a long time. Scannable is an app that I have on my phone that I used just the other day again and I use often. It allows you to scan a document as opposed to take a picture of it. Our printer no longer scans. Well, I mean, it's the printer we now have no longer has the scanning ability on it. And at first that was problematic because I did so often need to scan forms, you know, whether your child is um, going on a camp or whatever it is, you know, you have to like fill out forms and scan. So I can print them, but then I can't scan them. But now I can. I just hover my phone over it and it actually will create, you can choose whether you want a PNG or a PDF. So I will, you know, almost invariably save mine as PDFs. And it's just, it's just the easiest way um, to scan. Then FET, P-H-E-T, this has been covered in a previous episode too. It is online simulations related to science and math. So often these are concepts that our kids are struggling to understand when they're very theoretical. FET puts them into a concrete form and you can actually see levers in action. You can see how moving the fulcrum is going to um, have a different effect and you get to put actual numbers in. they get to play with circuits they need to they can do other labs uh, it's, it's just an amazing tool uh, the fact that it's all free is super cool 
Uh, then Scratch. Scratch is a programming language. I teach it, Funder Funder Academy, but you can also just play around with it and children can also teach themselves. There are many tutorials on YouTube. The actual language is free. It's all online, nothing to download. Just go on and it's it's drag and drop. It's it's the, the words are all there. You just kind of plug them all together to turn them into code. And it's a good precursor to actual sort of real programming languages like Python and Ruby and um, Java because it's it's very it creates you know graphic fun games that your child can play themselves they can create a game play the game share the game with their friends and it's easy to share you just share a link it's just an amazing tool that's been created by MIT years ago and is still going strong Padlet now I use this particularly in my online classes but I'll explain how you can use it in your homeschool so it's really just a big pin board. So you sort of think Pinterest, but more like think about when you would be in a traditional classroom and your teacher had a huge big pin board and you would each do a project and then she would pin them all up on the board and you'd be able to go and stand and look at everybody else's. That's Padlet. They have a certain number free and it's probably enough for you. I actually pay for the paid version of this one, but I think you get a 15 or 20 free, which is likely all you need as a homeschool family. But the way I use it is in my classes, it's basically the show and tell. So as the kids do projects, they put them on there. Or in our photography class, the kids actually post their photographs. They can see each other's. And I can also, um, you can also let it so that you can leave comments, that you can, um, they can like each other's. So I'll sometimes tell them to go and look at uh, everybody else is in the class and choose the three they like best and like those and that way we can like get a class winner the one that gets the most likes so it's just a cool way of them sharing what they've done and likewise you could have a padlet where you put your child's work or best work and you share that link with grandparents and that's a way that uh, you know if they're not if they don't live where you live it's a way that you could perhaps every week post um you know what you've done and then maybe erase it after a week or two and then put new uh, new projects up there and you can it can be anything videos you could take a picture of something and upload the file and um, you can literally just type straight on it uh, obviously graphics uh, and they but they've got different formats and different styles and um, I love it and then the very last one is the one I actually used to create the, the slideshow that I had to do. And it's called Slides Mania. And it's the one that I, I heard about and I didn't explore until very recently. It is a free set of slides. And the cool thing about it is you go on and I actually, I was doing a, um, I'm a science Olympiad coach and I was doing a uh, presentation for an interest meeting. I just typed in science and immediately up came a beautiful template with uh, beakers and test tubes and very sciencey looking. I then said add to Google Drive. You can also add them to PowerPoint, I'm not sure where else, but it's not even just for Google Drive. You can Many of them you can choose which specific place you want to add them to. So I just said I want a Google Drive one and I went in, deleted their words, put mine in and I had a beautiful presentation that probably looked like I spent a lot more time on it than I did. So do go and check that out. You want to share that with your teens as they're starting to have to create uh, presentations for classes uh, when they're, whether they're at co-op or online. 
and they'll definitely want to use that when they're in college, either that or Canva or a mixture of the two of them. Well, that's it for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And uh, if you want to give us a little birthday gift for our 200th episode, uh, I would just love and appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast player, wherever you are listening to this. Or if you could even just share on social media about this podcast so that we have enough listeners so that I can keep going for another 100 episodes. That's all for now. Thanks again for listening in. I do appreciate you all. See you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.